With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Footballers. I'm your host, Hunter. Today I've got the full crew alongside Matt Lamborn, Steve Stokes, Wise FIFA. Matt, how are you doing today, bud? Uh, doing good, apart from a little bit of background noise that hopefully our listenership will not be experiencing. But uh, yeah, we're just coming out of lockdown where I am. Ireland's coming back to life. Yeah, football and Ultimate Team are all featuring heavy in my sort of week-to-week activities at the moment, so life is good. You know, if you were really savvy, you would train those kids to do your SBCs for you and play your squad battles games. Keep them quiet. I wouldn't trust anyone with my SBCs, mate. No chance. <laughs> Steve, how you doing today, man? I'm doing okay, Hunter. And yeah, the, uh, the little bastards, the cheek of being outside and having fun on this this nice warm day. I don't know what's up with kids. Terrible thing. Um, I, I, all good. I've had a good week with FIFA, really. Um, we came up with the 460 tactic in the Foot Academy patreon mm. and i've been using that a lot and it's kind of reinvigorated my my love for the game at this point and uh i think it's something we're going to touch on later but yeah all good looking forward to getting stuck into quite a few hot topics i think very good wise how are you are you still outside i wish i was outside but i'll probably still laugh like it's an inside joke if you will but i feel jealous of those kids although we all know anybody listening to this podcast that those kids should be inside grinding away at fifa so that we continue to have a fan base and listeners <laughs> they're never gonna they're never gonna get good in the garden are they matt poke your head out of the window and tell them to go leave a five-star review on itunes <laughs> there <we> go. <laughs> that's the only way you'll accept it but it's a great, yeah it's a great b-roll like you were saying the weather's getting nicer things are in the air and by things i mean team of the season who isn't going to be jovial about what we got mm. coming on in fifa might as well get outside and scream about it it's like as the fifa life cycle comes to an end the earth life cycle is just beginning it's poetic deep yeah steve looks like he wants to say something no i've got nothing to add to that 
Mm, okay. Speaking of ending of life cycles. Ooh, damn, wise. <laughs> Aguero. I thought, I thought you was going to bring up the Duke of Edinburgh again there for a moment. Yeah. No, we covered that plenty of topic last week. He looks too blue for us to bring him back up. Yeah, that was a nice surprise today, this Aguero end of an era card, which looks fantastic. I mean, he's got all the stats you would want in an attacker. This is the old school Aguero from your FIFA 11, 12 to 15 days. Steve, have you had a look at that card? I have, yeah. And it looks uh, pretty demonic, doesn't it, really? I can imagine people doing a lot of damage with that when it's in the right hands. It's just great all round, really. The only thing that's slightly disappointing is that they've done him a little bit dirty on his agility. It's a three-point downgrade on his flashback card. But in terms of everything else, I mean, shooting just looks devastating. The rest of the dribbling stats are up there. Great passing would make a very decent false nine, I think. Yeah, especially if you slap Hunter's favourite chemistry style on him. And shocker, it's not a Hunter the engine i think he'd be an excellent false nine though work rates aren't exactly attributable to a false nine i'm just going to put that out there it's not ideal high medium you do not want you do not want high attacking for false nine like benzema is the ideal false nine medium low just basically stays in the pocket is absolutely ideal this is an incredible striker but false nine not for me disagree with you strongly there man yeah, i think um, too, man. i think high high is your is your premium work rate for a, for a false nine so that they can also get forward and attack from those pockets of space as well rather than just sit there so you're saying steve plays a false false nine <laughs> it's his bastardization of what a false nine is but uh, there's no point playing a, a, a getting behind striker just slightly deeper than they would be as a striker it's not the um the functionality that that role was designed for. We're talking like proper strikeless formations, and we're obviously going to get into this a little bit later. You know, this was all sort of born out of um, late 2010s Roma team with Totti to accommodate his diminishing pace to, to incredible effect. You don't need a, a 90 plus speedster to, to break the back line when you're playing false nine. Perhaps if the, the accompanying strikers who come out wide and sort of brought into play by the false nine, but I think. Um, the, the ability to, to drop and, and play good passes is as important as any sort of finishing ability that a full snatch should have. Actually born in Hungary in the 50s, if we want to be pedantic about it, but yeah, popularised again by, by Spalletti with Roma when they uh, they ran out of attackers due to an injury crisis. I wasn't around 50s, Steve. Hard to believe. <laughs> what was it like in the 50s, Steve? Dark, dark, black and white. Mm. Yeah. Just as I imagined it. You mentioned earlier um, they did him dirty on his agility. He got a downgrade on his agility versus the flashback card. I was talking to Steve in the middle of the week. They also did the same thing to Adama. Adama's foot birthday card, his reactions are a 70, but his freeze card, the reactions are a 73. So these are the stats that we often look at, like things like composure, agility, reactions. These stats, you can see how they manipulate them on these high rated cards. That should tell you something, you know, that these are the stats you should be paying attention to when you're looking at getting your next star striker or a high rated player. Look at those individual stats. Don't be fooled by the face card stats. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, um, I agree with that entirely. And I think it's also quite telling that there are two stat categories that you just can't boost with a chemistry card, those being stamina and composure. So they're definitely two stack categories that you need to look out for because there's nothing you can do about them. Uh, reactions, also very important. They can be boosted with a chem card, but the chem cards that boost reactions tend to give you a weird kind of concoction of boosts. So better to have the high reactions there as, a, as part of the base stats. 
wise? No, I was just going to say, yeah, just to, it depends. I was thinking of the lens of how fast do you want your false nine to be? Because none of those chem styles that boost reactions, I don't think any of them boost speed, but we were talking to Matt. And so the Matt meta prevails anyway. So you don't really need to boost their base speed when you're talking about players he would like to use. I love how wise looks into the camera when he talks like we're still doing the live video pod. Yeah, it's a habit of a habit of work, habit of work. And the people on the <laughs> the people on the on the regular pod just know that I'm looking you dead in the eyes when I'm talking. Makes it more personal, man. I really appreciate it. So speaking of content, we got another new card today, an objective card. I'm gonna try to pronounce this. Nieder Lechner. How did I do? I think it's probably Nieder Lechner. I'd go with Nieder Lechner, I think. I'd actually, I mean, I don't know. Depending on how we in English pronounce our vowels, he's right that the I would get pronounced, but I'm pretty sure it's Niederlechter. Wait, who is right, Steve or me? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Niederlechter, but you aren't wrong if we're pronouncing it phonetically Englishly. It looks like Niederlechter. Hmm. Sounds like I was right. There was there was a goalkeeper. You should know this as a Chelsea fan, Hunter. Um, he played back in the um, 1820s called Eddie Nijveki. And um, it wasn't. Where do you pick this shit up? Well, just general football knowledge, mate. Nah, he plays it sometime in the 1980s, I think. Um, and it was spelled N I E D. I wouldn't attempt to spell the rest. But yeah, he was called Eddie Nijveki, and that was pronounced Need. So I'm going on that. I was not aware of that, considering I was born in the late 80s. Well, you know who Pele is, don't you? I do. That's no excuse for not knowing who Eddie Nijveski. I think it might have been Eddie Nijveski it was pronounced, actually. Anyway, we digress slightly, somewhat. Slightly. Wise touched on this earlier. We've got team of the season vote for some people. Um, I was watching, just before we started this recording, the Top Bins Live segment on Twitch, and they rolled it out, letting everybody know that team of the season vote was open, and only to realize that it, it's, it wasn't open yet, and it's still not open for me. Does anybody else have the ability to see what team is in the vote? Not yet. No, same. I've only seen what people have shared on Twitter. So apparently it's available for some, um, but I guess they're going to investigate the issue. Um, But who are some cards, since we can't see the teams now, who are some cards that you guys would like to see in the community team of the season? I know we touched on it last episode, but who are some of the players that you would personally like to see? Just give me one player. We'll go to each of you, Matt. Come back to me, I'm thinking. Okay, we'll go to Steve. Steve? This may tie in with something that we're going to look at in a short while, I think Wise has prepared some thoughts on who he thinks will be in the Bundesliga team of the season. When we were discussing it briefly before we started recording, uh, I noted that he hadn't included Jude Bellingham. So if Jude Bellingham doesn't make it into the Bundesliga team, I think he'd probably be a shoe in for the community team. Um, very topical at the moment, coming off the back of a really outstanding performance during the week in the Champions League. Great player, definitely deserving of a, of a top tier card in, in foot, I think. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't argue with that. He definitely, over the past few months, has really turned it on. And practically, I mean, you guys are going to get the English vote for him too, at the very least, and that that always sways yeah. it. Because my suggestion is also an Englishman who I think will be a shoe in, and it's a guy that we had touched on in my prediction for who would be in the community. And I'm really excited to see Antonio in that squad, the West Ham striker. I think he's going to be an absolute beast. And interestingly enough, I mean. I I think he's got high, high work rates, or he had in the past, but I'll have to look into that. He's going to have a very similar card to this Aguero, I think, if he, from what you would surmise from predicting the the upgrade he would get. It's going to be incredibly fast, incredibly strong, with, I think, serviceable enough passing, shooting, and dribbling. If not, you could boost that with, you know, the Maestro card or one of those cards that gives us the appropriates and those stats. 
And I think he could be a smashing center forward in a false nine for you, Steve, if if it comes to that. Smashing. Bobby Dazzler, right? Matt, who do you think? Who would you like to see in the community team of the season? One player. So if, if I get one player, then I think going with the whole Matt Meta thing and the whole Fellaini joke thing. Not Fellaini. No, no, obviously not Fellaini. But, um, the, the closest effective incantation that we have to that kind of player currently who would actually, I think, be effective in Ultimate Team would be Thomas Suchek. I think he's had an incredible season. Um, it's a player I would like to see playing in one of the, the big four clubs because I think he, he, he has the, the talent and, and effectiveness to do so. His, his aerial threat from set pieces is incredible. And he seems to marshal that midfield exceptionally well alongside Declan Rice. So that's my sort of premium choice. But if we were to stick with that ever so briefly, looking at West Ham, they have a few candidates in this across the board. Soufal, who's the right back also from the Czech Republic, has been super consistent. He has had one in form, but I think he's perhaps been slightly overlooked by EA's special card team. I think he could have had more at times. And then, of course, you have the argument for even though it's only been a couple of months, the impact that Jesse Lingard has had is, is absolutely insane. Since the turn of the year, he has the best goals and assists ratio in the Premier League. So he's he's outperforming the likes of Gundogan and Bruno Fernandes. So even though it's a very short-term period of form for him, overall, his output it puts him automatically in contention. And if West Ham end up getting in the Champions League, it's going to largely be down to, to his involvement. So there is a strong argument for, for putting him in, I think. Yeah, I think the only issue will be he'll be tough to beat out Juan Bissaka, but I would like, I, I would agree, I'd like for Sufal to be included in this community because I think Suchek is a shoe-in for the team of the season BPL straight up. And I think Lingard gets a at least a team of the season moments SBC when it comes to it during the BPL period. They're, they're not going to leave that stone unturned with that, and no pun intended, the John Stones, it's also not really going to be there. That's my... uh that's my thinking with with those. I'd like to see the check boy now so that we could get that hyperlink come BPL team of the season. Sounds good to me. Starting the crowds. Speaking of stones, <laughs> Steve, how are you feeling, bud? It's still there, mate. It still hasn't shifted. It's still giving me jip from time to time, but it's, uh, it's a bit more manageable than it has been recently. But yeah, it could. Uh, it's like a time bomb ticking. Could go off at any time. Could could go off in the next five minutes. I may have to sort of dash to the uh, the painkiller cupboard, but hopefully not. So far, so good. Touch wood. Well, I'm hoping it does. So we can get that on the pod for recording. That'd be great content for the people. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I could actually. I, maybe I should start calling it John. Perhaps when it finally drops, I should put it in a jar labeled John. What the that fuck? would be funny. That would be good content. That would bang on that bang on Twitter. Put that on TikTok too. So John's inside of Steve. I'll give you mine real quick. I would like to see Ilkay Gundogan. Matt, you touched on it a little bit, but I just don't see him making the Premier League team of the season. But I think he is worthy of a team of the season card, considering his age and what he has accomplished this year at Manchester City, surrounded by so many great players. I think it'd be a fun card to use, bring back some nostalgia for those like myself and probably all of you guys who used to play back in the day when Ilkai was very much usable, even the gold card. That would be my community team of the season He's only, pick. Um, he's um, only 30, you know. It's not like he's some over-the-hill midfielder who's come back from the dead. He, he's right in his prime, really. He did kind of come back from the dead, though. <laughs> to play midfield, though, you got to have that stamina, man. And I feel like... Kind of like running backs in football. They just don't last long, man. Okay, fair enough. You know? Yeah, he's, he's not a, a, an example of prime athleticism compared to some players that we have in the Premier League, put it that way, but he, he certainly is 
a very good technician. So, fair play. While we're uh, false nines are the theme of the podcast as well, it seems, Pep Guardiola, not that long ago, he remarked that uh, one day he would end up playing false nine. And I think he's been utilised in that role a few times this season for City, hasn't he, as well? Mm, very well. Sticking with team of the season, we touched on it a minute ago, but Wise has shared with us his Bundesliga team of the season prediction. And Matt... Have you had a look at it? Yes. Um, this is a super impressive lineup that, that Wise has put up. Some of them are, are very obvious and a few others are, are slightly less so. Um, I love the inclusion of Maximilian Arnold, who I think is someone who would go under most people's radar, but a, a super consistent player for Wolfsburg over the years and this season. And he's had an inform this year that was very, very good at the early stages of the game. Uh, was ideally suited for doing some of those uh, objectives that required long shots. He was one of the better long shot takers in the early stages of the game. So he was super valuable for a little while. So I'm delighted to see him in there. And some players that you, you don't hear too much about internationally speaking, like uh, Orban, the, the centre-back from from, uh, from Leipzig, who had the uh, the hard link to the Hungarian keeper, who's 85 rated, whose name slips my mind. But stuff like that, I love to see a little bit out of left field. Um, the fact that we have a, a Veg Horst on the bench delights me. You would like to think that with a team of the season boost, he can actually be useful. But I, I won't hold my breath on that one, but it'll be nice to see it in there anyhow. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have above 80 pace for maybe the first time in any FIFA ever. If he gets that boost, that'd be, that'd be wild. A, a six foot six Dutch boy just absolutely running around with all of the great links that you could link with him now. And considering the air divisie wingers they gave us, be sweat show for days. Welcome to the sweat show. So I have one issue with your team of the season wise. Mm-hmm. And this all depends on how EA decides to go about this. Let's just say you have uh, Orban mm-hmm. and Hummels in your team of the season <laughs> for center backs. <laughs> If they do get into the community team of the season, what are the odds that EA are going to make these cards usable considering Orban's pace on his latest inform is 54 and Hummel's 88 man of the match card is 62 pace? Yeah, I think they've done this a couple times with the because Orban has had a team of the season recently. If not, maybe not the both, both of the last two years. He definitely had one in FIFA 19. It, you know, it's a this would be their this would be their time to shine. And by there, I mean EA with their new stat mechanic rework that they could do individually. Because, you know, at this, at this point, when do you, when do you realize that at the very least you need 70 pace base, if not more? Because if you give us a, a inevitably like, you know, a, anybody within the sixties optically, a center back with 60 pace, no one's going to use them, but I still think that they're going to include them and rightfully so based on merit but I don't necessarily know they'll be usable. And then that turn, in that case, Orban becomes one of the best fodder pieces in the game, most likely. So that's that's what would happen. Hummels, Hummels didn't have much pace in FIFA, actually last year and the year before, 19 and 20, but he was actually quite a usable center back given around this time. I don't know if anybody used him. I used him a lot in weekend league last year. And he was uh, towards the end of this, like when he had his boosted card and he was pretty good. He, I, I thought he did a good enough service. So as long as I give him low to mid seventies pace, I think these guys will be serviceable. I've got a, um, a theory for you guys here, given that those two examples, there's probably going to be some other ones of some slightly premium, less pacey centre-backs coming up in, in team of the season, particularly in the community. Uh, now, there's potentially a, a scenario that might play out here whereby 
your mid- central midfielders are now so fast and so well-rounded that they can bail out your centre-backs to a degree, right? So, okay, you're not going to have Hummels and Orban in the mid to high 80s of pace. At best, they're probably going to be 70, 75, I was saying. But if you're defensively disciplined with them and can do good work manually by moving your very fast and aggressive and potentially, you know, big space devouring central defensive midfielders, I think you can do a good job there. And we, we touched upon this on one of our earlier podcasts where we were talking about um, the importance of defensive styles. And it was all about how aggressive you like to be with centre-backs. And if you don't defend aggressively, you can afford to be slightly slower because you're not moving your defenders around so much. You're relying on the AI to auto-bot for you and that kind of thing. And you're less susceptible to getting behind through balls. Where if you're the type of player who likes to bring one of your centre-backs straight into the mix and try and intercept higher up the field, then you're screwed and you can't play centre-backs with that kind of pace. But just about every midfielder from what if and from foot birthday and now team of the season are probably going to have 85 plus pace, plus a whole lot of extra defensive stats, aggression, interceptions, etc., etc. So there, there is this potential whereby you have almost effectively use your, your, your CDM or your central midfielder as what would be your your third centre-back in a five-at-the-back formation, the one who, who's going to close the gap and, and attack aggressively. But uh, I wouldn't rule them out purely on pace unless it's devastatingly low, but that, that's not going to be the case with team of the season. I think as well, kind of attempting to continue Hunter's education as to what is and isn't ironic. We could quite ironically see a centre-back um, if Wise's predictions are correct, being moved out to play at fullback. Um, Martin Hinteregger uh, is projected to get in there. He's going to be quite pacey as a centre-back, so uh, maybe we'll see people reversing the meta and, and playing him at right-back. And before we move away from, from Mats Hummels, um, certainly not a player that, that leaves much of an impression in real life. I remember a story of when Dortmund were playing against Cologne in an away game, and uh, they drove off without him and basically nobody nobody noticed that he wasn't on the team bus and he uh he had to get a car and make his own way back oh my to maybe that's why he went to byron <laughs> that's pretty bad man anybody else you want to talk about steve i know we didn't give you a whole lot of airtime on this um, bundesliga squad the bundesliga just hasn't really happened for me this year they're not players that i've really come into much contact with um same with me i've, I've played a bit of bit of time with matthias cunha who I've had a lot of fun with in certain systems. Quite a unique card because he's got a high-low work rate, um, which is pretty rare for a midfielder. Um, the only two that really spring to mind are him and Anderson Tlitska. I'm sure there are others. But yeah, he could be fun in, in certain systems. The rest of it, really, Vermangatuka. Yeah, the- I've used him quite a bit. He could be a really nasty card with the five-star skills on the, on the right wing. You know, really, it shows that there's a... Big, big problem for people with Bundesliga teams in the sense that there just aren't any real serviceable right-backs or left-backs. Yeah. We also have Liga Nas, team of the season that Wise shared with us, which this is a, a league that I think we might have mentioned this before, but they didn't get a whole lot of attention this year in any of the promos or, or special cards. I mean, we got a few, but uh, what do we think about this Liga Nas squad? Steve, start us off. I think potentially you could get some really good value cards here. I think if you can build a hybrid 
you know, sort of linking into Liga Nos. I think you could get some real decent value. Players like Rafa, who's a sort of perennial team of the season card, he's going to be an absolute beast. Um, uh, he's he's a perennial uh, perennial super sub. Super sub. There we go. We got it in there. But yeah, there's some decent cards in there. Obviously, my old friend Seb Coates, um, as he was known when he played at Sunderland. I think they've changed the pronunciation slightly since then. But yeah, you could again, you know, decent cards there. Once again, though, we're, we're missing left backs and right backs. I don't know if this is a personal vendetta wise i'm starting to have my doubts now do you not like fullbacks take a look at the uh take a look at the bench for that one i i think i i think i forgot to include grimaldo on that list but if i yeah that, that ah, was the yes. one player that i if you see where one player short and i'd forgotten but there's you do a- have um corona who, who does play right back a lot for, for porto and he's going to be like super well-rounded Yes, that's the, the I, was, I, I yeah. I, I just chose his most upgrade, like because he's going to be in the mid to low, or low to mid nineties as a right back. That's going to right wing back probably. And then there's another Porto right back who could be a, a cheap option. But again, it's just going to be difficult that that Tanfara young guy or Tanafa. He um, it's going to be interesting because he's going to be just like a Semedo. But at that point, what's the difference between him and Semedo? So just besides like twenty k. It'll be it'll be interesting, but there are to Steve's point. I wanted to bring up there are plenty of there are plenty of ways to link the Liga Nos into the into La Liga and into the BPL, which will bring about quite a few cost effective cards. Just looking at it from a market perspective, I would I would agree with you there that these are definitely going to have some good bang for your buck pieces if you're trying to get back into weekend league and trying to get back into amassing coins as most of us do when team of the season arrives. Matt, anything else you want to add? Yeah, just a little bit of, of colour to what's already been said. And it's kind of disappointing that um, this league has been overlooked a lot throughout the year because this has been a source of many a good discard price team over the years. And whether that's just reflective of the state of that league in reality, that it's just not got that many great players in it anymore, or it's just EA being stingy and releasing special cards for it. I think you could probably end up building a decent team of the season league and loss team for less than 150k by the time all of these come out. They're going to be so cheap and so usable. And a lot of them will fly under the radar because a lot of international football fans won't know who they are. Out of this list that, that Wise has supplied, and I've got no reason to doubt that this is exactly how it's going to play out because Wise is the man. The, the Sergio Oliveira card, I think, is going to be the the outstanding card of the team. And that's going to be useful to, to link to a lot of other Portuguese special cards. So that I think that one will, will be popular and perhaps the more premium priced out of the bunch. And as we've touched on already, Corona and potentially Otavio, they will be really good cards and linkability through various nationalities and whatnot. I think Corona being, being Mexican, there's not that many really great Mexican players in the database. So he's one to come off the bench. I'm not going to use the term that we, we don't like using. Um, but Otavio being Brazilian links, I think that could slot into to a number of teams with, with icons and, and Brazilian players and whatnot. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a few of these who are going to be very popular. I just wish that this league had had better representation over the course of the year so you could actually link more of this team to more existing league and NOS players because I don't think pretty much anything that's been released so far for that league is going to feature in anyone's team that they build with these team of the season cards. 
Yeah, they they missed the boat with League Foundation objectives and what they did give us at Waldschmidt or whatever, the level 30 or whatever he was card in, but in the season objectives. I th- The last person I want to touch on before we move on is, and this is going to sound pretty hypey, but that left winger, Everton, is basically going to be Neymar Jr. I mean, he already is pegged as one of those guys, but I'm pretty confident that card has five-star skills, five-star weak foot base. And he is going to, if he gets an appropriate upgrade, considering he is the leader of assists in that league, I think uh, I think he's going to be featured quite heavily and quite OP-ly in our weekend leagues. We might might hate him going forward. OP-ly. He's not going to have OP-ness. <laughs> oh, shit. Everybody loves the OP-ness. Stealing jokes from other podcasts. <clears throat> is, is this how low we've gone? Tell how low you've gone, for sure. Um, <laughs> try to stay original over here, but... Yeah, that, that Corona card looks really good to me. Um, he looks like a card that could slot in very nicely into the Foot Academy's latest tactics setup that Steve pushed out this week. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Footballers is brought to you by the Foot Academy Patreon. If you're serious about getting better at FIFA and you want to have fun at the same time, the Foot Academy is the place for you. By supporting the Patreon, not only will you get ad-free podcasts, plus bonus material, you'll also get immediate access to exclusive tutorials, guides, tactics videos, and much more. So if you like the sound of learning how to dribble and taking advantage of space while playing Beelzebul, check out patreon.com forward slash footacademy and pledge your support today. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash footacademy. Welcome back from a short break. Now we're going to talk about the 460, as Steve calls it, the new tactic setup for the Foot Academy that you can only be seen at patreon.com forward slash Foot Academy. Uh, Steve, why did you ever think to run a formation with zero strikers? W- what was your mindset there? Well, it all really started with a request from one of the Foot Academy patrons who asked me if I would develop some kind of false nine tactic. We already had the... Uh, the Liverpool tactic in there, which is essentially a false nine with Firmino playing that role. So I didn't really want to replicate that. So I thought, you know, let's move away from the traditional 4-3-3 false nine. And that led me to the 4-1-4-1, which is, as Matt said earlier in the pod, that's what really popularised it again with, with, as we said, Luciano Spalletti at Roma. And it's also what Man City have been using to, to some effect this season as well. Uh, so it's, it's, it's quite topical, really. I tried it. I tried messing around with the tactics and I could see straight away. Often when you're developing these custom tactics, you, you kind of worry a bit about whether you're actually going to be able to make something work. The Liverpool tactic was a good example of that. It took a lot of time to tweak and test it and get it running smoothly. But with this 4141, uh, with the striker playing as a false nine, I could immediately see that there was something there. The AI had a real problem dealing with it because what would tend to happen is that the striker would drop off and uh, the midfielders would make runs in behind. So effectively, you'd end up with what was essentially the front three of a 4-1-2-1-2. The only difference being that your striker would drop to become the cam and your two centre mids would make runs that would normally be associated with the two strikers. Uh, Obviously getting the right work rates and what have you has been very important with this formation you need. I'm normally not too prescriptive in tactics. I like to give people a 
bit of wriggle room with the work rates and types of players that they use, but you you definitely need a certain type of, of midfielder for this. You need a certain type of defensive midfielder. You need a certain type of uh, of striker. Um, I know that Matt disagrees with this to some extent, but certainly for this tactic, the high, high work rate is particularly effective because what it tends to create, I'm not going to give away the tactic, obviously, but one of the instructions in it is that the striker is set to come back on defence. And what it tends to create with the high, high work rate is that he will drop especially deep. And when you transition from defence to attack, he will effectively sit there as a central midfielder. And then as you funnel the balls out to the uh, to the actual central midfielders, he'll start making runs forward. And when you do advance into the final third and you've got the ball out there with the central midfielders, that's when the striker can start making really devastating runs forward with the, the high attacking work rate. Um, and attack positioning has, has proved to be an incredibly important stat in, in getting the right balance in these teams. But um, I just actually, while we were recording this podcast, I've just shared it in the chat with you guys. Luke M, who's one of our Patreon members and who helps out with the audio and what have you, he sent me a message with a couple of screenshots saying, uh, using your tactics in champs. And he's posted a picture of a 9-0 victory, uh, 13 shots. Sorry, yeah, 13 shots, 9 on target, 60% possession. And it looks like he's just battered this poor guy. And he's been using Edin Dzeko as his false 9 with the uh, the medium-medium work rates, which I wouldn't say is ideal. I can see why it works because you've still got that kind of balance and the... Uh, the instructions would probably set it that way. But if you if you enjoy basically playing simple foot, really, where you're you're not too bothered with skill moves, you just want to pass and move and unlock defenses that way, then this four six zero, which is you know, although it the, the formations basically suggest a tactic, really, they're not they shouldn't be taken too seriously because of the way players move in in the game itself. But yeah, the the base four one four one into the four six zero. Uh, it's, it, 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 it makes a mess of, of the artificial intelligence and it, it forces the actual human players as well to, to make decisions. And quite often they're left in a position where they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. If they cover one run, then it leaves another player free. So, um. Yeah. Well, we're going to, yeah, we're moving into the, the, this team of the season phase. And while you were running through that, I was thinking in my head, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited to try out a bunch of these players, especially some of these good midfielders that Matt had mentioned. So if we had a player like a, a Kimmich, Steve, would he be better as that? Granted, I know given work rates aside, but a player who's well-rounded enough both on offense and defense, would he be better as one of the acting center mids or one of the center forwards? I'm just trying to wrap my head around that a little, or as the center forward, trying to wrap my head around that one. The work rates are not ones that I would immediately look at and say, this is a player that I'd want to use in this system because you really, you want players who can get up and down the pitch and you don't want to be left sort of defensively too frail. And I'm not sure. I, it's kind of tricky. I don't want to sort of sell the Patreon subscribers short and give too much away. No, I meant strictly like actually, like actually, like as a tidbit, someone like if I want to use team of the season Kimmich, just as a, as a right. slight example, where would you position a player like him in this formation? If it was team of the year Kimmich, I'd probably be looking at using him at the false nine, perhaps. 
rather than as a centre mid. It, it'd be a decent card, actually, I think, looking at the stats. Just pulled him up. No, because I, I loved playing with him. And I've and like you said, I, I'm someone that likes the simple style of foot. And he is some and he, the fact that he is so responsive defensively as well as high attacking positioning going forward and he finishes his chances when he's there, I think that I, I would like to use him in a formation like this. I just was wanted to get the thoughts from the master. Something that's underrated as well is that a player like Kimmich playing up front if you're going to try and win the ball back high, a player like Kimmich can be devastating in terms of closing players down and, and making those aggressive interceptions, you know, when you, if you do lose the ball in the final third. So I, I could see him working. As I say, work rate wouldn't be ideal. I definitely favour high, high. Um, but yeah, he could do a job there. Yeah, I did some experimenting with this uh, this setup, and I've been using um, Baby Puskas because he's my untradeable icon that I've been using at striker, and he has low defensive, high attacking, and I still found success with him in the false nine. He does kind of tend to float around in the midfield when on defense. He doesn't actively do anything. He just drifts backwards, which can kind of be counterproductive for you. So if you can, like you said, look for a high high or at, at, at least high medium, but preferably high high. Uh, speaking of the 460, a card that came out during the week that looks really, really good for this setup is the moment Saul. Has anybody done that SBC? No, I mean, he, he's got good stats. It's just, are you fitting him in at the right mid spot in this with, I mean, he's got 90 pace, sure. But you know what I'm saying? Like, are you use, is he the best use of your right mid position? I don't know. Absolutely not. Yeah, I think it all depends on the formation you're playing, really. Is it, it's a shame we're in this this state whereby we can play two different types of midfielders, but not three in regards to CDMs, CMs, and CAMs. If you think back to a recent interpretation of, of false nine, potentially, or, or a very attacking false nine, which would be Frank Rijkaard's Barcelona, right? Whereby Eto would be sort of in the pocket, but also able to break through the, through the lines. And he would play a solid CDM, Busquets. He would play Xavi as a CM, and he would then also have a CAM in Ludovic Jui, and that worked tremendously well. Now, you can't set that up in terms of defined roles and ultimate team, but you can give them instructions to play as such. And it actually kind of revolves around back to Steve's original Bielsa ball, right? You're just doing something slightly different with the striker. The midfield behavior is exactly the same. A solid CDM, a CM who basically just recycles the ball that doesn't try and go forward. And then one of them, which is your defining outstanding cam midfielder to sort of join in with the attack. There are some similarities there. I know Steve's shaking his head, but I think you'll find this this is working for you because it's very similar to Bielsa ball with some slight tweaks generally speaking definitely has similarities yeah um it does it's more attacking really i think really than the bielsa ball in a in a, it's just it moves completely differently really I, I i don't disagree with what you said there at all you know it's, it's all absolutely spot on but um yeah i think you can make this hand system work for you regardless of style because what luke is doing with the example that he's provided to us with jeco is Jekko's a target man, regardless of, of, of his improved stats with the special card that's come out this week. But he has enough quality now to be able to perform that uh, that false nine roll because he can actually pass now and he's a little bit more agile. He's not got really high agility, but if you play with him, you, you'll recognise the difference straight away. And that four one four one formation is a, the exact system that I used to use back in FIFA 16 in the Russian league where I had Zuba as the target man, 
Guiano as the attacking cam. And I think it was uh, Jagoev, and who was the CM in Paredes, who's now at PSG, was a, a really good all-rounder for the CDM role. And that's like beginning of the game type of stuff way back there. But the point being is you can tweak this formation and the style to suit your playing style. And particularly the type of person you like to be your primary attacking player. It can be a get-behind strike, it can be an in-the-pocket false nine, or it can be a target man. If you're good at that with intelligent play and patient, you can make it work for you either way. Um, it's all down to personnel, ultimately. But uh, I think we're going to talk about Jekko in a little bit, but I think he were, would work exceptionally well in the system of the right midfield that's behind it's, him. It's part of the beauty of this system, actually, and it's something that I adverted to in the video um, explaining how to play it in the Patreon, that quite often when, when I put a tactic out, I'll say to people, right, this is how you need to play to make this work. But one of the first things that I actually said in that video is that I don't want to do this with, with this tactic because it will kind of lead you into the correct play style. That might sound a little bit strange, but it just, it's difficult to explain without actual images, but it moves in such a way as to suggest passing triangles. It moves in such a way so as to suggest that runs are going to be made in behind and it invites you to hit those through balls. Uh, Hunter, you've played it. I mean, you you can probably talk about this to, to a deeper extent. It just sort of, it kind of invites you to play a certain type of football, I think. Yeah, it's really creative and it, no no two attacks are the same from what I've noticed. The only similarities that I have noticed are the runs from the CMs, which you talked about earlier with the false nine and the CMs constantly crossing paths. It really confuses the AI center backs, but I've also had success with it against those five, three, two drop back guys. The thing about it is that the wide players, your left mid, your right mid, they occupy those wing backs. So you're effectively creating one V ones with the three center backs, your CMs and your false nine. So if you do like to skill, there is room in this system to skill one-on-one, you know, to get, get past that last guy. But the first three games I played in this setup, I won all three scoring 12 goals and all the goals were spread out evenly amongst the front five. So there was no standout player. I was scoring from the edges, scoring from the middle, and I was using a tall foot birthday at all at right mid. And I know a lot of people will say, well, that's a waste, man. He's too good. You got to have him up, up front or in the middle, but on the right, he's so quick five star weak foot five star skills he creates so much so much space and requires so much attention that he draws defenders out towards him and you've got all those attackers in the middle so there's really no right way to play it didn't you play a twitch streamer who was left in rather a state after coming yeah. against this yeah i um i noticed the guy's name and i'm not going to name it here but i saw it looked it up and uh, i tuned in while i was playing and he was he was speaking spanish and i don't speak spanish so i got my friend herman to to go back and look at, look at the video afterwards. And he was saying the whole time, he kept pausing. He was talking to his chat. What do I do? I don't know what else to do. He was trying to change formations. I, don't, I can't defend this. I, it looks like he's in the 4141, but he's not. I can't defend this. Like super, super frustrated. And he ended up losing 3-0 in Rivals. So it's it really does turn the game on its head and break the quote meta, if you will. If only playing without a striker could become the new meta. Imagine that, that's all I'm doing lately. And it's, it's really fun. It's It's been really refreshing and it's it's gotten me back inside from, from outside and uh, gotten me to play the game more. So I encourage you guys to give it a shot. That's the idea. Um, all about having fun. That's why we call it a game. That's right. A lot of people often forget that. Even ourselves sometimes. Um, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. 
has anybody done the Saul SPC that came out in the middle of the week? Because that card looks particularly nice to play in this setup. I did it instantly without batting an eyelid. Yeah, fantastic card. I, I, such a versatile card as well. I mean, you could you could effectively play him more or less anywhere. Great right mid. You could slot in at right back. I'm using him at centre mid. Uh, he's just so well-rounded. And the amount of work that he gets through, again, going up and down. Absolutely fantastic. So to an extent, I remolded my squad to get him in. It's quite expensive, but um, I, I think it's... We talked about it last week. That if you're going to do SBCs, you really only need to be doing them if they're going to be in your team, be on team of the season. And I think that this is a card that probably will pass that test and it will be in the team for quite some time to come. But yeah, he's, uh, as I say, his, his, his main selling point is just how incredibly well-rounded he is. And he does everything that I want a player to do within that system. So I, uh, I leapt at it as soon as I saw it. In fact, somebody pointed it out to me and said, uh, before I'd seen it, they said, you've got to check out this SBC. Yeah, I have, have designed it for you and your, your 460. And they were right. Well, moving on, we have some Champions League results to discuss, as well as uh, showdown cards from Europa League. First, let's talk about Champions League. Wise, did you watch any of the games? I was unfortunately watching the Liverpool versus Real Madrid game, which was incredibly boring, the 0-0 draw. And the day before, I tuned in to the end of the Chelsea-Porto game. I had work during the main, because you know how those games are in the middle of NA. But man, the goal of the Champions League season, possibly, just a shame it came so late, or else that would have been a real a real sweat fest, if you will, from Taremi, who is in my Liga Nos team of the season prediction. Mm. Matt, did you watch any Champions League action? I did. I started off watching Liverpool Madrid and realised it was going to be a bit of a snooze fest and then switched over to... Um, what was the other game on that night? Yeah, that was, was, that was PSG? the first one. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that were, despite a, a low goal count, that was a lot more entertaining and I had some vested interest in that game. Having done um, the, uh, the the showdown card for, for PSG, which was... Kara. Kara. That's the one. And... This brings up a, a little bit of a, of a sour note for me, and you could say, well, you're just saying this because you, you lost on the gamble, but I find it difficult to wrap my head around the fact that Bayern lost the tie, but Tolisso got the, got the special card. I think it's it's kind of ridiculous, given that it's a, a, a two-legged affair, that they made the showdown just a, a one-match issue when uh, PSG were already in the lead so they didn't necessarily need to go out and win that second tie so but buying her out but we get a Toliso special card that, that just sucks it's not just that it would have, it, for me, quite it would have given it more value in terms of entertainment you know you could have had a much more vested interest in both legs rather than just the second leg correct and I think what they should do if they're going to do showdowns on games or, or ties whereby there's going to be two legs it should be the overall player who qualifies for the next round rather than any individual result-driven outcome, I think, is, is a fairer and more interesting way of doing it. Um, but what it also brings me on to is the fact that I, I did have some success with Road to the Final cards. Um, I've held on to Draxler and Icardi since right at the beginning and got them at rock-bottom price, like about 20k each. And you know, they've had some nice upgrades. Draxler in particular is, is, is a good card right now at 87 at the time of writing because he still hasn't been upgraded from the midweek results. Icardi's still a long way from being useful, unfortunately, but maybe he'll have some, some linkability aspects down the road that might be useful. But my gripe is this, that the showdown cards that have been published recently for, for Roma, for Ajax, etc., all got upgraded the same day. 
after their results, whereas PSG qualified on Tuesday and right now on Friday evening at the time of writing, Draxler and Icardi still have not been upgraded and that pisses me off really badly, especially given that we're so close to the end of the game now. I literally don't have that many days where left to use these cards and they're stifling the upgrade. I think it's bang out of order. You know, people invested into these cards a long time ago in the game cycle and are effectively getting stiffed for their investment. And it just seems like EA concentrate on the latest promo that they're running and tend to forget about the stuff they released weeks ago that still needs their attention when it comes to live cards and think it's something they desperately need to improve upon. That should be a very quick fix, right? Don't see if they can do showdown upgrades on, on the same day as the result. They can't do it the same to rope the road to the final. Is it just me or does Draxler sound like the name of a great Bond villain? Sounds like it should be in Gardens of the Galaxy. Oh, that's far too nerdy for me. Draxler Destroyer. I really like that Draxler card though. I think if they keep advancing he is he is a, a fun a fun little tidy player and again we've mentioned so many German midfielders on this podcast that uh, man, you're going to be just absolutely and I'm by year I mean I am going to be struggling to figure out who I want to play in these in these positions but excellent for hybrid potential my brain is swimming now with squad battles or squad builders and he might be a good uh a good false nine but he's got four star fast star medium medium if he gets to the final and he gets like a 89 90 rated card yeah, his, his long shots are too. that's cool. one thing i remember from him that i've enjoyed when i played with him in weekend league and the earlier in the fifa cycle he was solid you know steve i completely forgot to mention the bit you wanted to discuss with squad battles and the 460. Did you try the 460 in squad battles? Right. Yeah, I did. And it was a disaster. It just it doesn't work at all against the bots. On which difficulty was it? I think that's important. On on ultimate. I've always, generally, I, I'll only play squad battles for one of two reasons. One, in order to get the foot swaps cards. Or two, in order to grind out packs ahead of any big promotion that's coming up, which is why I thought it's maybe worth looking into and, and worth discussing on the pod right now, because we've obviously got team of the season coming up and that's a big deal. I tend to play on legendary and I have no problem absolutely battering teams, getting the five goals and getting the what two, two and a half thousand points and that's all good. But obviously, it's not the most enjoyable of game modes. So if you can get the points a bit more quickly and, and have to play a few less games, that's ideal. So I've spent a bit of time this week looking at, at how to actually master ultimate level. And there's a few tips and tricks that I thought it might be worthwhile sharing with people. You have to play for a start. You you have to ditch your, maybe even your entire online squad and, and build something that's much more suited to, to squad battles. Um the trick against squad battles against the AI is, is actually pretty similar to, to playing online. It's all about through balls. You, you've got to take advantage of pace and hit the AI on the counter-attack, especially on ultimate. I've, I've actually been using a 4-2-3-1 with fast build-up as the offensive style and basically just looking to absolutely batter the AI on the counter. It's incredibly effective. It will get you the five goals that you need. And then, uh, of course, the problem with that is because you're playing on the counter-attack, you won't have a great deal of possession. So once you've got your five goals, that's when you start sort of killing time and, and, and passing it around a bit more. But um, it's actually, I've often said in the past that playing squad battles can be detrimental to how you play online. If you're actually at that kind of level where you are quite comfortable on legendary and you want to give ultimate a go, in terms of patience and passing the ball around and, and figuring out where to take risks and where to play it safe, 
there is actually some value in it. And as I say, I, I, I think it's something that people should consider going into team of the season because it's it's a great way of, of grinding out those packs. And really, it's probably a bit more fun than than grinding SBCs. You know, we talk about how boring squad battles is, but at least you kind of at least you're engaging with the actual gameplay itself. You get the opportunity to try players that you perhaps wouldn't have. And uh, yeah, sort of all, all based on the back of the conversation we had with uh, Foot Fanatic Ben, really, in a way. And I just thought, you know, let's let's try and bust this glass ceiling that I've got of, of just being stuck on Legendary. And for what it's worth, after two or three games of, of getting beaten on Ultimate, tweaking things, trying things out, coming up with this 4-2-3-1 with a fast build-up, um, I managed to eke out a 9-3 win this afternoon. Um, it's harder to stop goals than to concede goals on Ultimate, I think. 9-3 on Ultimate? 9-3 on Ultimate. What did the squad look like that you were playing against? Um, well, this is another interesting point, actually. This is something else I've learned about squad battles on Ultimate. Um, it was a high-rated squad, but with bad chemistry. And the way that squad battles is set up on Ultimate is that the chemistry of the team is infinitely more important than the overall squad rating. The overall squad rating actually doesn't matter. It, it literally has no impact whatsoever. What happens when you play on Ultimate is that all of the bot cards, the AI cards, all of their stats increase to 99. So everything across the board goes up to 99. Really? I did not know that. It's, it's not common knowledge, no. Um, huh. if, you, if you pause the game and bring up the, I can't remember what it is, is it match facts or something? Yeah. You can look at the player's performance and ordinarily it will it will give you the name of the card and the picture and it will give you their, their rating, their overall rating. If you do that in a game of squad battles on ultimate, um, instead of giving you the player's rating, it will just say ultimate. And what that means is, is literally that the stats are ultimate. Everything's maxed out to 99. Mm. So because of this, what becomes important is the chemistry. So if you're playing a team with, I don't know, 36 chemistry, that's going to have an adverse impact on the maxed out ratings, if you follow me. Yep. So if a player's got 99 passing, but he's actually on two chemistry, then that's going to knock the 99 down to, I don't know, something like 91, 92. Just picking numbers out the air. But the, the general point stands. Um, so if you are going to play on ultimate, it's worth checking out the squad that you're playing beforehand because often you can get a squad with apparently quite low chemistry, but unless those players are on, I think I think the threshold is seven chem, where it starts having an adverse effect on the ratings. If those players are seven chem or above, they're going to play at ratings of 99 across the board. But if their chemistry drops below that, then as I say, it will have an adverse impact on the stats and you'll get a much easier game. So if you are going to play squad battles on ultimate, don't be fooled by by thinking, okay, I'm not going to play against this squad because it's 95 rated. You know, they've got team of the year, Mbappe, whatever, blah, blah. Makes no difference whatsoever. Those cards will perform just as well as bronze cards. The thing that matters is chemistry. And that only applies to ultimate, I should add. Um, that doesn't apply to any tier below that. Yeah, I, I didn't know that point about the um, cards going to 99. I'll have to look at that next time I play squad battles. It's a fact. Good, good. Well, we're going to move into community questions. We've got a few questions. One came in from Twitter and the other one came in from the uh, Foot Academy. First question, uh, Steve, we'll, we'll let you answer this one. It seems like a, a Steve type of question. Herman asks, does an elite curve stat, quote 90 plus, enhance your finesse shot? 
What if the player had the finesse trait to go along with it? The short answer is is yes, it does. It, it makes it more difficult for the goalkeeper to, to save. It just creates a wider arc. If the player had the finesse trait to go along with it, yes, I, I think that the finesse trait does actually boost curve, sort of anecdotally speaking, looking at examples where I've hit finesses with players that have the finesse trait. So it's, it's, it's a straight, you know, matter of fact answer. Yes, it most certainly does. And you would also find that if you're somebody who likes to take free kicks where you aim to the left or right of the goal and look to curve it in, if a player has a really high curve stat, then you'll have to aim further away from the goal to allow for the curve because the free kick will curve at a more sort of vicious angle. So the answer is yes. Another point I wanted to touch on with this too, a player with a high curve, let's say you were taking a corner from the bottom right stick. If my player taking the corner was a right-footed player and he had high curve, if you try to hit that thing far post, odds are the ball's going to go out of bounds and you're going to lose possession because it's going to swing so wide that it's just going to go across the line. So I've had that happen to me a few times. That's why I always try to uh, make them more of in-swingers with left-footed players from the bottom and vice versa on the other side. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think that's what you see what happens in real life too. So yeah, yeah. I feel like if you have the trajectory already heading towards the goal, it just it I seem to score more corners that way instead of the the inverse. Which I know that's that's subjective. A lot of people prefer other things, but that's just what I like. One tidbit for corners while we're up there giving gameplay advice is a mistake that a lot of people make is with the aiming reticule. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that when you're moving that little yellow marker, that's where the ball's projected to land. So if you're going to play a corner, play a cross in from a corner and you want to attack the ball, your player needs to be ahead of that reticule because uh, if you just attack where the reticule is, you're aiming to attack it where it's landing and at best your player is going to be able to volley it. If you want to head it, you need to get ahead of that reticule. Makes sense. Next question comes from Twitter. It's where own. I don't know if I said that right. Is it or not? What players do you think can survive the power creep of team of the season and can stay in your team competing with all the new team of the season cards? Wise. Yeah, well, you hoed me on the Twitter timeline, Hunter. Don't think you're going to get away from that by posting the picture of Furlan Mendy's gold card, which is true, which is true. Now, none of us this week have mentioned Furlan Mendy. No, I And know. you've brought him up, Wise. I had to do it. I had to do it. <sighs> See, he's that good. He just can't help it. And Wise has to talk about him. <laughs> to be fair, though, I, I do think that it is the player in the with that fits the mold of someone like a Furlan Mendy. Hmm. We are getting to the point where pace will be a big factor because of the fact that everybody's getting these insane boosts to all of their stats, including the pace levels. And so you'll see a lot of team of season cards, meaning that we'll phase out even some of the early promo cards, such as those rule breakers and whatnot. You also want to have high agility, high balance, decent reactions in my in my mind. I think the reactions and comp- reactions would be more important than comp- Composure, given the fact that if you're a decent player, you can get yourself into enough opportunities where hopefully they'll convert, but you will see a big drop off given the fact that it's like, oh, why does my 85 Jurors Mertens not feel as OP as in the beginning? He's still going to be decent enough to have a little bit of a burst to get past the back line, but besides that, he's nowhere near what the center backs and full backs are going to have in terms of speed, the combo, a cocktail they're going to have of agility, defensive positioning 
and other stats that just make them feel more responsive on the game. Uh, so you get a, at this point, it's going to be just a sweat fest. I think the players that last will be the ones that are the fastest with the best agility. So you'll still be able to rock gold Neymar. You probably won't be able to rock gold Mohamed Salah anymore because of the fact that he just has easily exploitable weaknesses. Matt, anybody you can think of? Uh, I'm not going to go into specific instances, but I think what people are generally most concerned about is can I basically buy players now and ensure that I'm not going to get annihilated by the time team of the season comes around? And I think you're absolutely guaranteed to be okay if you got any kind of upgraded what-if card for birthday. They're obviously all very relevant to this stage of the game and will play admirably alongside team of the season cards. I just wanted to touch upon, though, that some of the elite players in the beginning of the game and how cheap they've become because of the the market panic and the anticipation of where some of these cards are going to go. You can get a gold Messi, 93 rated now, for 150k. That is insane. And okay, you could do with being a bit faster, but that's still a fucking good card, right? Yep, very good. So if you stayed away from the Neymars, Ronaldo's, Messi's at the beginning this is the time to dip into those. They're not going to get a terrible amount cheaper than they currently are. And more than likely, once team of the season comes out, they will bounce back because some people will start reinserting those into their team to play alongside the team of the season cards that they've bought or packed. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for those. And uh, yeah, I think you'll, you'll be in good stead if you still go for the elite golds in the beginning of the game. But um, you know, all of that, that low fodder stuff that you might have been getting away with, and I include Mendy in that, he's still fast enough that he's going to struggle for uh, defensive capability and strength against the elite wide players now. He perhaps even did it when Robin came out. That was like when I first started seeing Mendy struggle and, you know, we're a couple, two or three months since then. And things have only gotten worse uh, for Mendy. So uh, if you've been trying to get by on Mendy and Varane right until the end game, well, you, you've done well, but now's the time to start thinking about those upgrades. Yeah. And the prices will be right. Yeah, for sure. I would agree. Uh, we don't have any more questions this week, but I do have... Oh, Steve, what you got, man? Well, you didn't even ask me for my opinion, Hunter. Well, if I wanted it, I would have asked, bud. <laughs> Fuck you. Steve, what... <laughs> Steve, Steve, I'm so sorry. I forgot about you. What's your opinion? Well, thanks for asking, Hunter. The, the advantage of, of going third in, in these questions is that you have much more time to think about it. So having given this some consideration, I think that the players that can survive the power creep of team of the season and that will be able to compete with the uh, the really overpowered team of the season cards will be really fucking good ones. Oh, man. Thank God we waited for that. See? All of that. Just for that. All worth waiting for. How did I know it was going to be something to that degree? Well, <laughs> we don't have any more questions, but I do have a question for Steve. Oh, no. There's three tampons sitting at a bus stop. What do they all three say to each other? Three tampons at a bus queue. What do they say to each other? I don't know, Hunter. What do they say to each other? Nothing. They're stuck up cunts. Oh, my. (laughs) Steve's not laughing. He's trying hard, though. I see. There it is. There it is. Wise is grabbing his flowing locks. In shame. I expect that. All right. I, I may be completely wrong here, but I, I get the impression that if if Wise's parents knew that he was hanging out with us guys and recording this pod every week, they, they would very much disapprove. Maybe a little bit. Go to your room, Dennis. <laughs> They're and a bad influence, hair. Dennis. <laughs> All right. I'm so glad I signed away my Friday nights to hang out with you guys. Oh, we are too, man. Yeah. We it's, appreciate it's better you. better and better and better. I'm stealing that joke, by the way. Dude, steal it. 
bring more to the pod. Why am I the only one that's selling jokes? I, I just wouldn't have the nerve. So that's the end of the show. Anybody still listening at this point, we appreciate you. And if you have any dick jokes, let us know. Get in touch at footballers.com and send us a message. And if you want to follow Matt, you can follow him at Lambo Matt. You can follow Wise at Wise FIFA with a Y. And Steve, you can find at The Foot Coach. And Hunter, you can find at the bus stop. <laughs> with my cunts. Yep. With the rest of the cunts. Yes. Fuck you. That's the show. Gotta go. See you guys later. See ya. Bye bye. Stay wise. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.